shake it, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Overreaction Show here on the Orange Bloods Texas Football Channel. I'm Jeff Ketchum. That is Anwar Richardson. It is the day before July 4th, so hopefully you've got like a four-day weekend. For those of you who are at work today, because your bosses made you come in on a Monday, <laughs> only to take a day off tomorrow and then come back on Wednesday, we appreciate the fact that you may be blowing off work today and doing so by watching, who knows, like an hour, hour and a half. You never know what the hell we're going to do on a Monday overreaction show. But if we aim for an hour, we will definitely do 90 minutes. Uh, do us a solid like that video. Smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done that thing. Get notifications by ringing the bell so that every time we do a video, and there will be no video on the 4th of July, fundamentally speaking, we should just – have a good time on that day and not worry about work too much. Um, but we're going to Monday overreaction the hell out of today's show. Let me tell you that it is brought to you by the good people over at rogueshop.com. Use that promo code orangebloods to get all of the best from the legal CBD and THC and so much more from the great state of Texas. Um, yes, I've used the product already this afternoon or this morning. Uh, Onwar. What's up? Happy pre-fourth of July to you. I tried to put on a festive shirt uh, for everyone. I know. I'm, I'm dreary. <laughs> like, something, <laughs> like something died and you look like you're getting ready to go out on the boat. Yeah, I wish. I now wish. look, hundreds of inquiries over the weekend. It came up on the recruiting, like the three different recruiting videos that we did. Uh-huh. It was the topic of the weekend. How'd that date go on Friday night? (laughs) (laughs) Everything that I was hoping would happen, happened. There we go. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) I was back in the game, baby. Back in the game. Came out of retirement. Checked in the game. And, uh, yes, had had a... I had a very good time. I'm in a good mood, can't you tell? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. The shirt gave it away. That's, I probably wrote one of my best columns of the year on Sunday. I, like, think. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, catch how you doing, man. Like, man, life is great, man. I'm, uh, feeling, I'm hydrated. I'm feeling good. I'm back to ordering. Hydrated. I'm good. Eating eating pineapples. I'm I'm great. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we were talking about, I, I, look, to jump into some Longhorn football discussion, uh, but don't we all wish we'd had as good a weekend as Anwar? Oh, um, sure, I bet you do, boy. <laughs> boy, oh boy, you wish you did, baby. This thread is worthless without photos. Woo! Uh, <laughs> <Good> clear, baby. <laughs> so on Friday, after we did our buy or sell segment. Yeah. The Texas quarterback room, primarily led by Malik Murphy, like he put this out into the universe. The big discussion point over the weekend was how buff are your quarterbacks? Because our quarterbacks are buff. Have you did first of all, it's a creepy photo in the sense that of the way people look at the photo. Mm-hmm. Like there were people who were openly admitting to drooling. And mm. I don't think they realize what it mm-hmm. what they were admitting to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, 
It's just yeah, like one. It's 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 like one step away from meat peeping. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's still a Bomani Joe, a Bomani Jones uh, wordism. Uh, but it was a revealing photo, right? Because I think about all of the, the in more ways than one. But when I, when I think about the reporting on the quarterbacks that you've had in the offseason, specifically with regards to Quinn Ewers, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it has been the story of this offseason, this idea that from a year ago to this year, the level of commitment and dedication and man hours and everything uh, that, that Quinn Ewers has put into being the starting quarterback at Texas versus maybe what was going on a year ago, it's, it's been much discussed. And one of your updates, it, you, you wrote about like how physically this is a guy that can walk around with a little bit of a six-pack now. Mm-hmm. If a photo is worth a thousand words, that might have been the case this weekend when Malik Murphy releases a photo of the Texas quarterback shirtless, like all posing. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm a bad dude pose type things. Uh, and every single one of them looked like they had been in the weight room a lot. But the transformation of we can get into the Malik part of this and the arch part of this in a second. The thing that I think stood out to me the most was the Quinn Ewers part. He is a lean young man. Like, I don't know what his body fat percentage is at this point, but he looks like a guy that like watches what he eats, mm-hmm. you know, shopping at Whole Foods. Yeah. He's yeah. a lean, mean fighting machine. And a year ago, I think I would have described him as Matt Stafford ish body mm-hmm. type wise. And mm-hmm. I don't know who to compare him to now, but it is one hell of a transformation. It it is, man. Like it's, you know, it is. A, so it's a continuation, like you said, of things that we've been talking about about the new Quinn Ewers, right? And the dedication to the off season, the dedication to the training, the dedication to film study and improving, and then of course getting better from an accuracy standpoint, and so on and so forth. And really, all we continue to see throughout the off season. It's kind of one confirmation after another that everything we've been saying and reporting about him is true. And so we've talked a lot about the body transformation and how that's kind of been an important aspect of that. And that's something I put out there about like a month or so ago. It's so funny because when I put it out there and it got a lot of traction, um, I don't think anyone's kind of circled back catch and been like, hey, you guys remember what Onward said? But God forbid if he had looked flabby or something to that effect, I know I would have heard from everybody about that report and everyone who bookmarked it. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, Quinn looked. Oh, right. one, one, forget about two love handles, Anwar, like half a love handle. Yes. And yes. you would have been like, there you go, Anwar. <laughs> so there was a little bit of pressure. I can't. You know, my thought was part of me didn't doubt your report, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there was a part of me that thought if I looked as good as Anwar reported I looked, I have a shirtless photo out on the internet, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Because that's what dudes yeah. do when they get cut. And I thought yes. to myself, Quinn hasn't done that yet, but clearly Malik Murphy thinks like I thought. Yes. Malik Murphy was like, we're some good looking buff dudes. We need to show the world. 
Yes. Like if, you, if you've ever been in any kind of good shape, like you are like the tank top. You catch, you know those guys back in the day that's all they wore was tank tops because they were that buff like Malik. Yes. They never wore anything outside of that. That that's what that looked like to me. All those guys wear tank tops. Nobody has a polo. Those dudes aren't wearing shirts all summer. No. Like that's they looked like they're getting ready to go out on the boat. Mm-hmm. And everybody had a look like I'll I'll be honest. There's a part of me that looked at the arch. I had different thoughts with every quarterback. All right, all right, go ahead, give it. To arch me. looked like he does not miss chest and arms day, and <laughs> I don't know that I need him ever getting bigger than he already is. Mm-hmm. That dude is swole. Yeah, and considering he's only been in a college weight room for four months. Right, you can't count May because May yeah. is—they're all—they're gone, and they've already done. They're in finals and everything. So, like, that he's that ripped after four months. I need to slow him down a little bit, quite honestly. Malik, I wrote in my ten thoughts from the weekend that he looked like Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. and everybody else looked like X Pac. <laughs> and I stand behind it, behind it today. And that's not even to say that Xbox looks bad, right? Like, by most mortal standards, X-Pac, the wrestler back in the day, looked like a, a big dude compared mm-hmm. to the normal human being. It's just that Kevin Nash <laughs> yeah. is like half yeah. a foot taller. That They made the short walk-on guy stand next to Malik was kind of messed up. But nobody was volunteering for that because uh-uh. if you're standing next to Malik, no matter how swole you are, you look like a baby by comparison. Even Arch was big, and Arch was like, I'll stand next to Quinn. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on the <laughs> other side of the photo. <laughs> Someone had to take an L, and that guy had – that guy – what's his name? The, the walk-on, what was his name? Oh, gosh. You you found it over the. I weekend. did. I did. I want to. He got. He's got to get some love. Like we've got the other guys, but we gotta. You know, we, we, he's, he deserves some love. I just. He I, does I, deserve I, some love. I'm gonna find his. I'm gonna give him his love here in a second. All right. I just. Oh here. So. Oh, Joe Tatum. Okay. Joe Tatum is the five eleven walk on, who was positioned next to Malik in the photo. Hey, bro, Joe, just understand in everyday life, you are a ripped dude. Like, Joe can go out, catch, and just, you know, to any other bar or anything like that. And people are like, oh, there's, there's a guy, you know, he's kind of ripped or something like that. Like, Joe could probably kill an MMA. Like, Joe's cool. Yes. The problem is, he stood next to Malik. Hey, Blake, do us a solid. See if you can get that photo and go full screen with it. In a little bit. For those that are watching the video that haven't seen the photo, if we can show the photo, it'll give it a, a good example of uh, of what we're talking about. So the big takeaways for me, Anwar, just real quick to say them again, because I didn't get to the Malik part. 24 hours later after that photo comes out, people are like, do you think there's a possibility that Malik, Malik moves the defensive end? Oh come on! And I, and I think they're only half serious, mm-hmm. but 
we're doing that thing. They did it with swoops. Remember? It was like yeah. you just look at a guy and you're like, tight end. And there are people who are looking at Malik and they're like, oh, so he's going to end up moving the defensive end and being the answer to the edge problem at the Longhorn Path. And it's like, that's an indictment on the depth of that position that people are looking at Malik and they're like, hey, can we borrow him for defense? Uh, that's it's just so crazy, Catch. It, and I saw and I saw some of the comments in your in your columns. Some people were suggesting the eighteen wheeler package come back. Yes, you know, running Malik, and I'm like, well, that's you know, Malik was not really known as a runner in high school. Malik like, ain't trying to run into the line of scrimmage and take a beating. No, that's not his thing. Like it's, I, I will get into it because, but that's he's just in incredible shape, but now switch him to defense like that's that's absolutely ridiculous okay so blake says he has the photo ready to go pop that bad boy up there blake when you get a second so here we go although it's kind of weird that anwar and i are i almost want to just hide myself and then <laughs> yeah it, it, it is it is i'm gonna, I'm gonna move over because it, it's really distracting because yeah, because otherwise it looks a yeah. little strange i'm okay yeah. with leaning a little bit so you can see Malik is like half a foot taller than the guy next to him. And then on the other side, you've got Quinn and Arch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can bring the photo down the now so that we can come back into the picture. Charles Wright is trying to do his thing in the middle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um Arch, I think, I wonder if he's getting too big. This is the thing. Anwar, in any other sport, there's no big deal. Yeah. The quarterback, we all remember the photo of, like, Tom Brady at the combine. Correct. It's not been historically the position where we see a bunch of ripped dudes. I mean, you can see, like, some muscular guys, but nobody's ever said – my quarterback is more jacked than yours, right? Like Correct. Aaron Rodgers isn't a walking around as a muscle head. Or, I mean, I mean, uh, Holmes, Peyton, Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? Like Correct. Eli Manning. I mean, quite frankly, Arch looks miles different than his than his uncles do. They just aren't built that way. So there's an interesting conversation about. I mean, how far do you go with your Texas? That's Arch as a freshman. Yeah. You don't really want him building on that too much. I mean, look, I'm no physical trainer. Maybe the athletic department staffs of NFL teams would completely disagree. Um, you know, maintain is what I would say from here. If you're Arch. With, with Quinn... It's just surprising how lean he is. Like, I almost want him to have some – I almost want Quinn to have a couple of love handles. Like, I just – to give him a little bit of a frame that's a little bulkier, a little stronger. Um, you know, my, my first instinct was NFL teams will want him to be bigger because that is a sport of big men – and they want their quarterbacks to be able to handle what comes their way. Maybe. Really, I mean, good for him, honestly, for being so healthy that he's that he's in such good shape. 
I just don't know that I see a lot. It's like the opposite of the overly muscular. I don't know that I often see quarterbacks as lean as Quinn. I mean, it looks fantastic, but not like a lot of NFL quarterbacks, I don't think. Well, catch. I mean, I would, I would, I would go back and say, well, I mean, just look at Bryce Young from last season. I mean, Bryce Young was listed at 5'10, 205. So he's he was kind of a, a leaner, kind yeah. of smaller kind of frame. I think Tua was kind of a you know a, a smaller guy. What do you think Quinn weighs? Uh, I mean, based off of that, I don't maybe two I don't know if he's at 210. Somewhere I think he's at, that looks like 180 to to me, 185. I don't think he's that small. I think that's I, what I, it looks like to me. I might be wrong. He looks like a middleweight. Like if you were to look at look at UFC champions at every weight class, uh-huh. that's what a middleweight looks like. I think he would be around. I'm a, I'm going to lean towards a 205ish. If he's 205, what is Archway? Ooh. I mean, Arch is bigger. Like, yeah, yeah. No, Ar- Arch, Arch has got to be at like a two twenty five at or so. You would think, right? Just based off of again, this is, I'm going off of memory here because it was just a little bit ago. I, I guess we could get it up. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what he weighs. I'm, what yeah. they list him out weight. I bet they list him at two hundred. He just looks lean, leaner to me. Yeah. But maybe that's because he's right next to Arch, and. Mm. Their two bodies are different. They just are. Uh, how Arch carries his weight versus how Quinn carries his. If Quinn's 205 right now, what did he weigh last year? Ooh, he. That's a good question because that, that, that's a good question. I mean, to what, 215, 220-ish maybe? See, I would have thought he was a little closer to 205 last year, but not ripped 205. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if I can find out during the broadcast if we. If I get this weight. Hey, what up, Barry? Welcome to the show. We're just talking about shirtless quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting about that though, catch. Um, you know it's interesting because Sarkeesian is a former quarterback. Sarkeesian is a quarterback guy. Um, I don't know when we when we start talking about the history of Sark quarterbacks. I don't know if we've ever seen Sark quarterbacks look like that. Agree. Right? You know, we you, if you go back to your Carson Palmers or the Jake Lockers of the world, and uh, you know, you go through his entire litany of Leonard or or Sanchez, and you just keep going all the way up. Even you know, again, the Bama thing is you know, all right, you guys inherited, but your Bryce Youngs of the world, um, got it led them to the national championship. After that, like that's never really been having guys like that so it's very it's fascinating that to your point that's not something that most people would brag about saying like we have the most jacked quarterback room out there so it's very what to me this was this isn't the school doing this though this was malik being like we look good (laughs) but it has to be with the blessing tory beckton getting you know the strength and conditioning coach getting these guys jacked has to be with the blessing of sark who's like yes more muscle great like it keep i don't want malik getting any bigger i mentioned that with arch like fellas let's maintain now i don't know what the maintain program looks like most of those dudes i don't think need to be i 
I just don't look at Malik and Arch and think to myself, keep adding muscle, guys. <laughs> no. Well, and that's the thing. And that, and that really becomes, you know, it, the question of it catches or how much is enough? Like, it, are you or have you maxed out? Are you trying to do more? Like, are you like you said, are you maintaining or are you trying to build on that? Like, what becomes the goal of it? Because typically we don't. The thing is, catch. Typically, we we don't see quarterbacks who are jacked. And typically, when it does happen, those guys usually are injured the most, right? So you, Cam Newton was a huge guy, right? What was the big knock on Cam? You know, he can't stay healthy. You brought up the Dan Kendra thing, you know, from a lot, you know, from years ago. I feel uh, like that dates us a lot, but okay. it is hard not to think about if you're a certain age. Yeah. And, you know, and, and all that went in there as well. So it's just, it's not something that, you know, we've seen big quarterbacks. Someone said Tebow. And I, I remember Tebow was big, but I don't remember Tebow being jacked per se. He was just a, a bigger guy. Um, we just don't see that, you know, we don't see jacked guys. And so that, that, that becomes the question is how much is enough? Is, 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 that is, what, is, is what Malik looks like? Is that what Roethlisberger would have looked like? Had he if worked he'd out? ever just hit the weight room really hard? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, potentially. Potentially. Yeah, because he probably the same weight. But. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it, there's an off season when Roethlisberger just turned size into muscle. People would be like, Big Ben needs to play defensive end. <laughs> All right. I mean. let's, let's change topics just so that it doesn't look like we're creeping on okay. dudes shirtless too much. Uh, so I wrote a column this weekend and I was like, it's funny. I wrote every part of my column first before the lead. I couldn't quite couldn't quite figure out what I wanted my topic to be. I, I kicked around a few things and then I was like, it's the 4th of July. Everybody's in a, in a relatively good mood coming off of three commitments from the weekend. I just wanted to keep it positive. So I wrote about the 10 things on this football team that kind of excite me the most in terms of wanting to see them this season. And, like, I had the wide receiver group as a, an entire unit. And then I had Quinn in there. And then and Quinn's really high up my list. And then I started thinking about Sarkeesian and how he comes to Texas with a nickname from the past, Seven Wins Steve. You know, I think his reputation – we're going to start seeing articles that talk about him being a great recruiter, but can he be a great head coach? Like, I think I saw someone write that this weekend, and I was like, okay, now we're here, uh, which is the exact same thing Mac Brown used to hear back in the day before he won a national championship at Texas. I just start thinking about Sark more, and the more I thought about it, the more it made me think, uh, Anwar, that this got to be the best year of Sarkeesian's career. Like, this is a team with super high expectations. The talent's where he wants it to be. He's got to be on point the way his players have to be on point. And it's one of the things that I'm really fascinated about this season to see if, if he can be that guy. That the talent, every, all the pieces are supposed to be there. 
if you tell me this is a year where Texas gets an A version of Sarkeesian during games over 12 games as a head coach that we don't look back at and couldn't make, you know, all of the nitpicks that have existed previously, if you eliminate those, it just feels like what a season this group can have. Consequently, if you tell me that Texas gets a B version of Sarkeesian, I'm left in a middle ground where I, I really don't know what that means in terms of where the season ends for them. It almost feels like he has to be the A version of himself, whatever that is. And that as much as you and I talk about quarterbacks, I'm like, if we, if we, you could tell us right now that they were going to get this level of quarterback play, we could tell you a lot about this team. I kind of feel like I, I might even believe that a little bit more with Sark and the coaching staff. Yeah. You know, it's catch when I, 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 when I think of this and you tell me what you think of the, the comparison here, when I think of Sark, you know, going into this season, he, he reminds me from just a resume standpoint of Ed Orgeron before the 2019 season, which was known as a great recruiter. Yeah, I mean, like that that's a guy who, who was known as a closer, guys in, could put guys into the NFL. You know, everyone for, for the most part liked, liked him, you know, but you didn't hadn't seen the success on the field, right? And and, and so that's what I, I I think of him as. And 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 I think if you're a Texas fan, you've got to hope for that. Like that, that of course, 2019 would be crazy, right? To, to be able to repeat what LSU did that year, but you've got to hope that all of a sudden you wake the sleeping giant. Like you, what Joe Burrow was kind of like a, a, a quarterback, right? He was just a quarterback in college at Ohio State, right? There's probably a lot of similarities if I really got into it, right? But, you know, at Ohio State was okay, you know, the, the first year as a starter that all of a sudden took off and there, there you went, right? All of a sudden LSU has receivers that become studs, right? You, you got to hope that that's an Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, where all of a sudden you have two guys that they awake and become, you know, two of the best guys that eventually go to the NFL defense that comes alive. Like, that to me is what you, you – I, I look at it and I say to myself, that has to be kind of the sleeping giant for Texas this season that it's been okay. And, again, Ed Orgeron was just an okay coach, you know, from a resume standpoint going into it. But, like, again – really highly praised as a recruiter, and then it all came together. Now, of course, some of that happened because um, they, they brought in a, that passing game coordinator. Was it a Joe Brady? Is yeah. that – yeah, so that helps. And so you maybe you, – you hope maybe some guys that – maybe a, a Paul Chris ends up being kind of that guy for you that helps you out in those particular areas. Um, but that, that to me, Catch, is what kind of – stays in my mind as I start thinking about the upcoming season. I don't know that I love the Orgeron comparison only because Orgeron, the national media kind of set Orgeron up to look like a, a doofus. Great recruiter, but isn't a coordinator and never was a coordinator. So never like in charge of one side of the ball or the other. And they sold that down-home Cajun thing to such a degree that, in retrospect, it made him look incapable. Hence, 
where are these head coaching jobs for this guy that has a national championship ring on his hand in the last half decade? Like there are only a couple of guys in the world that have won national championships in the last five years in college football, and he can't get a job. No, that's true. So I think Sarkeesian's viewed as a smart guy, no, right? And, and we can quibble about just like, is his offense elite of the elite? But it's been very good at Texas. I mean, you know, there are conversations to be had that ironically fall back into things that Tom Herman said very early as a head coach about whether or not he can be the best version of himself as a head coach if he's also calling plays. Herman would tell you, no, I cannot be, and I'm not, I'm not putting words into his mouth. These are literally things he has said publicly. I to be my best adding that plate of play calling to my duties on game day just makes makes all of the other stuff that I need to be doing a little bit more difficult. Those are the things that we nitpick Sark kind of about a little bit, right? I mean, it's it's the things that Herman said, these things I view as more important than me calling plays. And I think we've all deemed that Sarkeesian being the play caller on offense and in charge of the offense is critically important, but getting these game day decisions right beyond the adjustments and the tweaks that you make to one side of the ball during the game or not, you know, it's one of the things um, he could certainly be better at. And maybe there's a little bit of Jimbo Fisher in Sarkeesian and where he is right now in that Jimbo got over the top as a college Jimbo could always recruit. Jimbo got over the top when he got Jameis Winston. When he got his five-star quarterback, he wins a national championship. We see the best version of, of Jimbo Fisher, and then we never see it again. He hasn't had anywhere near the same amount of success post Jameis Winston since then. It's almost been a decade, and, and he's never had a great quarterback since then. So here we are with Sarkeesian, and the question really is, because if you say that he's going to have great quarterback play this year on war, it feels like we'll say that Sarkeesian did a great job coaching, that those two things are super intertwined. Yeah, by the way, in uh, eight seasons at FSU, uh, Jimbo only had less than double-digit wins two times, and one of them was a nine-win season. So, And he was at 10, 12, 14, 13, 10, 10, 10. So just for that comparison. So, um, But it, it, it is going to... Well, no, Jimbo's been more successful than Sarkeesian. There are levels. It's hard to find... There's a part of me that wants to make the Mac Brown comparison on war, but mm-hmm. Mac has the same thing that that Jimbo has, which is like 10, 10, 11, 12, 11, 10. He just wasn't winning championships. That was kind of the Jimbo thing too. And really the Jimbo thing afterwards, it's hard to find a guy like Sarkeesian who hasn't hit really hit more than nine in almost his first decade of being a head coach and then hits a next level of success where you go, okay, well, usually you've seen it up before now, even if it's a flash. And, you know, this if it happens this year for Sarkeesian, it will be both 
the peak in the zenith and the flash. So, yes. you know, it has a chance to be all of those things at the same time. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And by the way, Catch, the big part about that is that's the expectation. Like the the at the end of the day, if, if he if he is it the what did you say the peak the Z, the zenith and the zenith. flash I want to make sure I got all those yeah, things no, correct. You got it. If he's not if it's not all three, then this is not going to be good. Like no no one's going to be happy if all those things don't come together. No no one is walking into this season catch. You know, from an expectation standpoint, whether it's a Longhorn fan, whether it's a Longhorn media member, local or national, walking into this saying, well, hopefully all things go together. You know, coaches need, you know, might need four years to figure it out and five. You're like, no one's saying that. Like, there, there is you, – you're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody that doesn't say Texas is going to be in the Big 12 championship game at the end of the year. And that and, and it will be a huge disappointment if it doesn't. And you know, one of the things I think I, I mentioned in my column on, on Sunday catch, but you know, from a pressure standpoint, and I don't know what the pressure was on, on Sark after he landed that 2015 class 2015 class. I don't know what that pressure was going into the USC season, but this has to be if 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 that if there's pressure there, this has to be at least number two but arguably going to be number one as far as pressure is concerned. Um, one day, one day, Catch, we've got to tell folks that we are doing a live show between like 11.30 and 12.30 and just stop on the Slack for a little while. Like, you know what? One day we should just tell, hey, guys, unless it's important, just don't, don't no Slack messages for the next hour. It's good. Yeah. It just, just, it just because it pops on the screen. Everyone can hear it at home. It's just, it's a little distracting. It makes it sound important, though, right? Like, oh, sources are hit, hitting them with information. No, <laughs> no, no. When we look at our phone, it's important because you're like, oh, who, are you, who are you talking to? But it's this. It's probably someone like Shen sending a funny video. But I can't say anything. My dogs were barking earlier, so yeah. But we made it through that. That's because I'm, I'm a professional on war. Yes, and I will. Well I will talk through World War Three if it means trying to get in a little bit of a clean segment when I can. Yeah, but just 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 to wrap up my th thought is that I think that becomes the expectation, you know, for everybody that you got to follow up to that. Mm -hmm. On a scale of one to ten, what's the pressure on Sarkeesian? He's not going to lose his job or anything like that. So it feels like it can't be a 10. I mean, it's got to be it it's it's what it's above a 5. So I mean, it I would put it at I'd put it somewhere around a 7ish catch easily for me. So I mean, what would you say the number is for Quinn Ewers? To succeed, to be successful this season. I mean, yeah, all of it. I mean, I think for 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 Quinn, it's probably as close to a ten as you can get. It might be a ten, and it, and the reason why I would say that there's pressure. Um, there's a couple of things. One, th this team will go as the way Quinn goes this year, right? And so it it just is what it is. It's nothing negative. But if this team is successful, it's because Quinn Ewers had one hell of a season. You know, two, there's pressure because, you know, Quinn is, is trying to get to the NFL. Like, the goal is to ball out this season and then turn pro. You know, and if he doesn't, 
and for some reason that doesn't happen, then that just throws the quarterback room in disarray as far as what the plans are from for there. Like you, you don't want you don't want Quinn back next season, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, because you want him to ball out, be a first round pick, move on. And because if it, if he doesn't and it's not health related, then this season was was a, a crappy season for Texas, you know. So I think that there is pressure. And then the third is we've you've heard all about the new Quinn, right? It, it, you know, he's so much better in the playbook than he ever once was. He's on point with his receivers. He's become a team leader. You know, he's all of that unintentionally adds more pressure. Yes, and now you know, hey, look how look how ripped he is. Look, like you you makes it seem like automatic this is it like this is a guy he's got heisman odds right what you don't want it what quinn ewers can't be at the end of this season can't be spencer rattler that going into that ou season remember how we heard about that catch spencer oh, yeah. rattler going to be a first round pick like all this other kind of stuff the and number then, one pick correct right like that's what you and, and then at the end of the day that doesn't happen like we can't it can't be so. There's got to be a ten for me. It, I just use those as comparisons because I remember us talking about Spencer. You know, all going into that season. Last thought on that. And by the way, two oh five. I was told two oh five was it was Quinn's weight in that picture. Just skeptical. that's why I was looking at my phone. So you skeptical guys, skeptical hippo is skeptical, but that's okay. Uh, skeptical hippo has been wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever said skeptical hippo was the smartest animal uh, in the animal kingdom. Um, Arch's number seems higher than what we're putting on Sark. Does that? It's not apples to apples. So the last question I would Arch's ask: number. I mean uh, Quinn's number on the pressure okay. scales, like at ten. Okay, we've got. Sark slightly below that because he can't say it's a 10 for Sark because the man can probably do just about anything and keep his job. Correct. So how much you got to save something for when your ass is on the line is yeah. a 10. Yes. Um, does that mean that Quinn has more pressure on him than Sark or is Sark's task so much heavier because he's got to do, and multitask and do so many things and not just play well. I'm not talking you into an answer. I'm just no. asking, does one have more pressure than the other? Yeah, it, it's Quinn. You know, okay. Quinn catch, catch the the all of all of last season, and I'm not I'm I'm I won't say guilty of it, but I think I've said this and you and I have disagreed on that. But you know, when we go into the season now, you know, last season was about, you know, Quinn was on fire, could have beat Alabama. Quinn's on fire. You don't know what could happen. Okay, well, what's going to happen when Quinn's healthy for four quarters against Alabama this season? Like, that becomes the thing of the rematch, right? What happens in, in this particular game? I, Quinn goes out. He balled out against OU, right? I mean, and, and he had a, had a fantastic game. People are going to go and look and, be, and say, man, all right. You, you don't expect him to do exactly what, he, exactly what he did, but you expect him to have that kind of level of success. Like, he's got the Heisman nods. He's got – you know, everything, you know, that everyone, he's going to be the guy that everyone's talking about. He's cut his hair, you know, all the new things. Uh, there is going to be pressure, you know, that's on. I think, like, to your point, it's more on him. And again, I don't necessarily think it's a, a negative thing because when we, when we start talking about Sark being at a 10, what that means is that we're talking hot seat kind of stuff, 
yeah. right? So we're the, we, we, like you and I, we agree. There's no hot seat, you know, for Sark. Like there, there's not a warm seat. Like there's that seat is cold <laughs> as ice. Okay, at this moment, so there's nothing hot about it. Um, you, you know, but you know, if he does, if he does eight wins, then it becomes a little bit more like okay, what's going on? But recruiting helps out Sark a lot, and likability helps him out uh, as well. Um, but the Quinn thing, I think, is is major for me. I've got a super chat question that we didn't get to earlier. Apologies, Jay. We've just been kind of in the zone. Uh, all things considered, positive national narrative, talented roster, optimism for 23 season, recruiting momentum, and our current culture. Is this the best position the program has been in in 10-plus years? Yeah. I mean – I guess, Omar, what's number two? The bet? Well, I mean, I mean, going to the Sugar Bowl and winning would probably be probably what you thought was the best. At I that would have point. said Herman in 2019. Yeah, and then, you know, and they had some two re- good recruiting classes as far as, like you said, number two. Now, you can talk about culture and all these, you know, maybe some things there. Um you know, and there was a po- there was a positive narrow na- national narrative after Sam says we're back, right? I think mm-hmm. there was a positive national narrative narrative there. That would probably be number two uh in my book, but easily, you know, right? I mean, I can't yeah, even yeah, think of what number three would be. Nothing back when Mac you maybe maybe back when Mac in 2011 changed his whole staff and came mm-hmm. back. You know, with Brian Harson as his OC and um, hiring Manny Diaz, although you know thought he was going to get Jerry Gray, but you look back and people were like, "Yeah, Mac is back, and we got new coaches, and recruiting is going great." And you were, had played in a national championship game like two years ago, so you know the feeling was that quick fix, best staff in the country. Here we go. I think what's different about all of those things, they, they the things that separate all of them is that I do think Sarkeesian has a more complete roster. Yeah. Offensive line is a perfect example. All I keep thinking about when you're talking. Yep. 2019 and going back to 2011, those are houses of cards to some degree because the recruiting from one position from one position all the way through the other positions is better now than it was under Herman mm-hmm. and is better now than it was at that point in Mac's career. What he hasn't proven is that he's a better coach than Herman or Mac Brown was, right? So where his big edge is, if we were having that same conversation, you could point to the other two guys and say, as head coaches, they've been – in some cases, significantly more successful. Uh, I don't know what verbiage we would use for Herman, but he has he's he's done a lot of things that Sark hasn't yet. Um, played for a championship, won a major bowl game, has had success in one double-digit games in two different schools. I mean, like you know, for whatever we want to say about Tom Herman, he he, he has a, a resume that's pretty impressive. Wins his bowl games, right? Like, there's a lot of things in yeah. this in this component, but also good against ranked opponents. And what did he have some good record against like ranked opponents? When he's an underdog, Herman. Underdog, great. yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But all that being said, the first thing that jumps out in my mind when asked this question is the roster that Sarkeesian is. It's all a lot of it's really young on war mm-hmm. linebacker position. It feels like you've got one old guy in Jalen Ford, and then you just got a bunch of young guys that you're waiting on. But between that and the offensive line, this roster is better positioned for the future uh, than I think it's been at any point in the last 10 years. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I would say too, I would, you know, you could probably, I, I feel like the coaching staff might be better than ones we've seen over the past few years. I mean, you got to think Herman, Herman fired seven of his guys after what was it? Year three, like just massive overhaul at that, you know, at that point, by the time Charlie was done, it was just Brian Jean Marie was the yeah. only guy remaining uh, from his original staff in that current position. Vance Bedford was still around, uh, but Vance had been demoted to kind of midway through that last season. You know, Sark has only lost maybe two positions. You know, he's lost uh, his at the wide receiver coach back to back years. Um, and then you uh, lost Stan Drayton, obviously, to a head coaching job. Everybody else has been there. Everybody else is solid. Uh, you, we, we don't hear any rumblings uh, catch about him being dissatisfied with his coaches and yeah, feeling man. like there need to be that guy's in the hot seat. That guy needs to prove himself. So, you know, the, that portion of it, I think, is strong, can't be ignored as well. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about points and times and, you know, who knows what it looks like in six months or 12 months. But at this exact moment, He's very much got a coaching staff that he's happy with. Think back to 12 months ago. There were a lot of questions about Kwiatkowski and mm-hmm. was he going to lose his job to Gary Patterson? Was he oh, just going to lose his job in general? Yeah. Right. And uh, at this exact moment going into this season, that's not a headline that exists. Nope. Nobody's talking about Kwiatkowski as fodder for the fish. Should this season not go well? So it's already better. There's more pressure to win this yeah. year than le- there was a year ago. But I think the unison of the staff, the headspace of the staff, like, look, Kwiatkowski is quite a man that he okayed the Gary Patterson thing to begin with and worked with it and, like, you know, shared credit. I mean, there's a there's humility that comes with Kwiatkowski that I think has to really work on that coaching staff. You can't all be alpha males that have to have the attention. And he's a guy that seems to fit in really well on that staff. Fairly egoless. Mm-hmm. I say all of that mm-hmm. because 12 months later, when you're at when he's at home flipping around on TV and he gets his phone and he hops on Twitter during commercial breaks. Uh, it's got to be more relaxing. It has to feel better this year to be him than it did a year ago when people were just talking shit, man. Well, and, and, and here, here's the thing, you know, catching, you could, you will attest, you will be able to confirm when we, when I talk about how the sausage is made if Pete K wasn't as unselfish as he was last season, there would have been reports out that he or his people would have put out there 
this show that Gary Patterson was screwing up everything behind the scenes, right? The, the one thing that sometimes these people do is as survivalists is they find a way to get narratives out there to throw other guys under the bus to save their ass. Like, there's you no know what it reminds me of, Onward, where it, the proof of why you're right, mm -hmm. the week of the TCU game, when it's like, <laughs> hey, Chris Del Conte was, like, really interested in TCU's head coach. Just so you know, FYI, Sonny Dykes, that was his, that was his boy. And like Texas goes on to hire Chris, goes on to hire Steve Sarkeesian. But FYI, there was another A, the AD was on to how good Sonny Dykes was. And you saw nothing like that about, there just was no headline involving any of those coaches or anything that would have felt like Kwiatkowski related. You're right. That's a dude that just shows up. Doesn't let his agent get involved into things. Correct. Uh, gets along with everybody. And and I just, like I said, I have to think going into this season for him, it feels like it's his defense. There's nobody that we're going to look at from a hiring standpoint off the field. We're, the new guy that Sark just hired to be his Patterson replacement as a defensive guy, you know, He's not a household name mm -hmm. the way that Paul Christ is. And, and nobody's saying, well, in case of emergency, that's the guy that's our new defensive coordinator. Like that no, doesn't man. exist. Yeah. So I just think that, yeah, it's probably a healthier mindset because Sarkeesian doesn't have to worry about Paul Christ. He's the head coach. Correct. He ain't Correct. ever firing himself. So – like you can bring in a guy like Paul Chris, and at the end of the day, I think Sarkeesian can be completely happy with his alpha maleness. Yeah. In a year from now, those types of hires will feel more normal than they have been in the last couple of years, where it's like, holy crap, they hired Gary Patterson. Now, in a year from now, it's just gonna feel like having big hires is part of part of the thing at Texas. But a yeah. year ago, yeah. Kwiatkowski's, you know, had was had to have been tighter than a closed fist, and he has to feel better having come out of that. I think in a better position. Yeah, he, uh, but he's he's probably before you sw switch topics. God, then we're gonna wrap up soon. Before you switch topics, he's probably like, "Thank you, I appreciate somebody giving me my damn props because all all I heard was a bunch of crap when you guys are last year, not from us, but from the fan base." And now, and you and I kind of was trying to like, come on, guys, like calm down. Like this, y'all, you guys are overreacting to this whole thing. He's probably thinking to himself, so the defense goes out, plays pretty well. Nobody says a damn thing. Like this is <laughs> this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. He can work at Orange Bloods. <laughs> I was going to say, welcome to our world, because that's a, that's our life, twenty four seven. No pun intended. Another super chat question coming in from Hunter. Man. It feels like a buy or sell question of sorts. Or maybe he's just flat out not asking for our opinion and he's making a declaration. Texas goes 11-1, beats Bama, but drops a game no one saw coming. Great year, but Texas will play down to one team after a big week. That's, I don't know, like I said, again, I don't know if he's asking us a question 
I think he may just be putting putting them on the table on war. Maybe, and I don't know when it came in, so maybe it was a resp- maybe it was a response to you, like the pressure uh, comment question you were asking me about, you know, Quinn versus. Uh... It wasn't that long ago. Okay. So, but you're right. But one way or the other, Hunter, I will tell you that's not quite how I see it going down. Um, but man, I'll take it. I'll take that. First oh, yeah. of all, Texas playing in the Big Twelve Championship game at eleven and one. They're probably in the playoff conversation. Yeah. 11-1 Texas with a win on the road at Alabama. They're they're in the playoff conversation going to the playoff, into the conference championship games. Uh, Hunter, I don't see it going that way, but from your keyboard to the football gods' ears, amen. Um. Someone else had a question. Where was it? Someone asked me. Oh, Corey wants to know what my shirt says. <laughs> uh-huh. It says 85% it's Austin and it has Hudson Card's name on it. Because if you can't make fun of yourself, um, <laughs> you can't sure as hell can't let anybody else do it. So it's yeah. just something I had. Uh, as as a bit of a joke, uh, like a week after the Hudson card thing happened a year ago, no one will ever remember the details of that Hudson card story and how everybody in the market reported the same thing because that's nah. not how the rules work around here. <laughs> nah, wait, it ain't even close. Oh, I know how that goes. Yeah. Pete Kwiatkowski's <laughs> like, <laughs> you know that meme with uh, oh, who's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? Who wears the hats? Went to Tampa Bay. Uh, oh, oh, um, oh! Uh, I forgot his name. I know exactly you're talking about, but I can't remember. Bruce um, um, Arians. Bruce yeah. Arians. Yeah. That meme of him where he turns his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kukowski listening to us. Okay, I've got one more. Do you have anything today that you? Because I, I feel like I'm. I got. I got, I got a non, I got a non-football one. I do too. So you go first. Okay. This is based off of this is this is based off of your your what you and I started discussing on Orange Bloods. When it comes to the most overrated July 4th food, I got cold slaw at the absolute top of my list. I think I, I very rarely have had anyone make good cold slaw. Quite honestly, a couple of good restaurants. Honestly, honestly, outside of KFC, there's nothing I would want to eat consistently for as far as a coleslaw thing. I'm okay with ma- with uh, with the potato salad if done right, but coleslaw this July 4th, if you see it for the most part, I just I think you either avoid it or you put it on your plate just to be nice to someone and you trash it within like 15 minutes. Potato salad and coleslaw both can go in the trash. See, I've I've tasted good potato salad. I very rarely have tasted good. Did food. you? Know, so I don't like coleslaw at all. Okay. But when I worked in a barbecue restaurant at Bird's Barbecue like twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. I was in charge every morning of making the coleslaw, and people loved my coleslaw. And you know mm. what the key to the coleslaw was? What's that? One day I accidentally dumped a shitload of sugar into the coleslaw. Like 
some sugar is supposed to go into the coleslaw, but uh, not, <laughs> not like half a gallon, but I accidentally uh, dumped it and like people loved it. So from then on, I started putting extra sugar in the, the coleslaw because people were literally raving about it. And they were like, what are you doing to this coleslaw? It's so good. And I'm thinking, it ain't good for your diabetes because it ain't nothing but like this much more sugar per per like round of of uh coleslaw. But now you know how the coleslaw is made. Double yeah, well, just flat overall, out sugar. Yeah, it's overall it's trash, but I get I ain't it. eating it. <laughs> I'm not eating it, and but I'm okay with potato salad. I just want to throw that out there. I know you had something else, but I just want to throw that out there. What is your favorite Fourth of July food? Now we're like into sports talk radio mode. Give me your best. I mean, it's gotta it's gotta be anybody who can really work a grill, right? Yeah. You know, but what's the food coming off the grill? I mean, it's gotta be the ribs. You know, you you gotta so someone that could do good ribs. I mean, ch chicken is should be hard to mess up. Ribs is the one where. That shows you if do you know exactly what you're doing, especially if you got a now you got a guy who got a smoker. Oh man, if you got a if you know a guy with a smoker, that the guy who's telling you, yeah, I'm gonna get out there about 4 a.m. and start and light up my smoker and, and or it was lighting it up tonight. That's where we're going. But the ribs, that's what I, I need. I need I, I need some ribs, some potato salad on my plate. Um, you I don't know what kind of dessert do you like. What I like from a dessert standpoint are like the the Fourth of July cupcakes. What's Fourth of July? Oh, you mean like from like H E B or something? Well, it's a kind of like you can. Every place makes them. If you make desserts and sweets, it's kind of like a Fourth of July des dessert thing that you can bring to a party or something like that. I don't eat a lot of sweets, so on the Fourth of July, something cakeish. Mm, mm -hmm, is is, mm. is what I would like, and and the closest thing you're probably going to get on the Fourth of July is a cupcake. You know, there's not like people eating birthday cakes and stuff like that for yeah the Fourth of July. And Are I don't like a lot guy? of those sweets. Like I don't eat pies. I don't. There's not a pie that's ever been created that I find as my thing. So, no, no sweet potato. There's not a pie that has ever been made. I just oh, wow. repeat myself. That is my thing. Nah. Okay. All right. So I'll put it in the trash with the coleslaw and the and the potato salad. Oh my god! No so, matter what kind of pie. That, that, ah ah ah. Um. Let me tell you, it, it, you won't do it. So I'm going to order it in in th Thanksgiving. The the Patty Labelle sweet potato pie that they sell at Walmart is the bomb. You're not listening to me. I said I'm going to order it and send it to your right. house. I don't want you to waste your money. I mean, there'll be some gonna... people in my house that might eat it, but it wouldn't be yeah, me. Right. You, By you, the way, you're missing out. all I need is a is a, a, a really good hamburger, cheeseburger. Like, okay. the other stuff sounds fantastic. Yeah. But, like, if you just make me a good burger, I don't need it to be fake. On the 4th of July... I'm okay with just a good burger. If there's more than that and there's something better than that, 
now you've walked into the, the right fourth of July party. Mm-hmm. But like there are some people who suck on the grill but decide to throw fourth of July parties anyway. Yeah. And then you just like, is anything open when we leave? Yeah, no. So that's the thing. Like, you have to know for sure. Because I had, a, I used to have a friend. Like, he would always want to grill. Like, oh, come on over. And the first time I ever tried his food, I was like, this is not good. So he was Your always sucks. Yeah, yeah. And then he was always inviting. And I'm like, and I just wouldn't go. And I always, I would find reasons why. Because I'm like, I can't. My time is valuable. I've got to hit the person. Do I know who can do it? As opposed to this crap. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a dangerous okay. game. What time? What time? Okay, a couple of other things. What time is appropriate for someone to start drinking on the Fourth of July? When they wake up. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a, it's a freebie. It's a free day. A free day. So you're you're saying bre- no breakfast. Breakfast doesn't matter. I'm saying no judging is allowed. Okay. Gotcha. If you wake gotcha. up and go down to breakfast, let's say you're at a hotel or something like that. And someone's got a Bloody Mary or or drinking. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. the 4th of July. Yeah. yeah. It'll be different the exact same time tomorrow. Like, uh-huh. on the 5th, if it's 8.30 in the morning and someone is drinking 30 minutes before they go to work, like, that's bad. <laughs> but tomorrow, tomorrow's a judgment-free zone, just like it is with food. Yeah. If you see somebody tomorrow getting down with a big old plate, don't, it's the 4th of July. Let them get a big old plate. All right. One more thing. Can I tell you one thing that you don't know about me? Please. I I once went to New York uh, for the uh, for 4th of July. Uh, you told me with, this before. You went with to the, the goal With the goal of going to the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> and I went. I totally went. I took that train from, from Manhattan out to Coney Island. And I was out there, man. It was it was so crazy. I I love the Nathan's hot dog eating hot dog. I don't know why. I don't know what about that gross event that I'm infatuated about. But it that, just I was seems doing. like to me you shouldn't be able to stick them in water. Uh, Eat them as God intended hot dogs to be eaten. That's fair. That's fair. And I'm just as impressed. Yeah. You know, like I'm more impressed if you eat 30 just naturally cooked hot dogs with, I don't know, they can be plain, whatever, than I am if you tell me you ate 80 cold, like slopped in water. Like that just grosses me out. It's the the splash zone in front of them is pretty darn horrific, right? That, that, because there's a person who's literally has to like watch and monitor it and then it has to all go in. There's like a whole, I wrote a story about this when I worked in Tampa and I actually convinced them to let me write it. It actually oh. ran. <laughs> I actually pitched this. I pitched this and I they they maybe uh, I, I I convinced them it was a one A story, right? One A from for you guys don't know is an old newspaper term that means a front page. Yes. So front page story, one A catch. And I got to talk to a lot of the competitive eaters. I got to go to the breakdown of like how your your bot how they have to prepare for it their body is, expands inside and like in order to be able to do it like because they don't they can't do this normally they can only do this like literally they have to train their body to do it um it was <laughs> I loved it I have I have some right here somewhere I gotta find it okay 
I'm completely <laughs> grossed out. I don't know that I want to go on with my big overreaction, but I have one more. Okay. And I, I've saved this for you. Okay. Because okay. you're just getting – and, guys, this is a soccer take. So if you want to hop off now, hop off. It's, it's, the other, it's the other football. Nothing gets my fan rocks off more than when my favorite soccer team, Liverpool, purchases a player. And I've just been trying to think about how we would react in America. We took the salary caps away. Okay? Everybody mm-hmm. can just spend what they want to spend. And – the way talent was acquired was like through the purchasing of men, of, of human beings. You know, imagine Golden State wants, or the Cowboys want a player off the Bears, and they just take that player from that team. They just give them a bunch of money. I'm trying to imagine how that would work in America because players leave versus free agent via free agency. Like the, mm-hmm. the players still get these massive contracts, but at the root of the way guys move to teams, they just tell a team, yo, I'm going to go play for the Yankees, figure it out. And like, so they don't sign contracts. So they don't sign contracts with so these the contracts don't matter. They put in a player can put in this thing called a transfer request. Okay. And if you do that, they lose like a piece of their salary. But mm-hmm. it forces the team to give them the move that they want, basically. So there's not a player in Europe that's really got a contract that means anything. At any given time, they can just declare, I want to go here, and that's the only place I want to go. And then, like, it gets worked out one way or the other. And I'm trying to imagine in America – by like, how would America? Re- it's it's one thing, like when the Portland Trailblazers are going to trade Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But imagine in a world where there weren't trades, mm-hmm. someone would some organization would just give Portland a hundred mil. Damn! And then they would turn around and give that player a monster uh-huh. contract. That's probably worth, you know, the same amount of money, but you're just stealing players. I kind of like it. It's fun. I kind of like it. I, I, that as you talk it out and I hear it more, I'm like, I kind of like it as opposed to a guy being locked in for four or five years and then he never gets whatever. Like I, I kind of like that. You could just go wherever you want to, whenever you want to. And, like and just like in the NFL, if you only have a year or two left on your deal. Mm-hmm. That's like the sign. Better sell your guy if you want to get anything for him. And it's crazy. Like Liverpool on Friday before midnight in Europe just called a, a team in Germany and said, Yeah, we're going to take your best player before the deadline passes. Here's 70 million. And that was that. Uh-huh. That was that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all these dudes that play for Real Madrid have billion-dollar release clauses now. So you're going to come <laughs> get one an hour. You're going to pay us a billion dollars. <laughs> anyway, I'm just trying to imagine Jerry Jones 
with the ability to just take, take and spend, take and spend, take and spend. I don't really think the American sports model is would be ready for like the for the true powerhouse teams in America to be able to just do what they want when they want. Anyway, that's my thought. Catch, you know what's fascinating? By the way, fast, real quick, just real quick. I saw something that you you talked about things that are just fascinating. The the soccer being able to lend players to other teams just I don't know even I don't know where to start or even end with that one. Like how how you just loan loan someone a guy? They're like we're gonna loan him to here. Like what what does a loan mean? What well, it's usually about? what you do with a guy who you have on Liverpool just bought a guy a year ago who was like twenty years old. They're not paying him a lot of money. But he's not playing right now. He's got to play. He's too young to just sit on the bench. So they loaned him yeah. to another league in Germany. You go play in Germany, they'll pay your salary. They'll pay the wages. But you mm-hmm. still, we still own you. You just get to go play in a different league. That's how it works. <laughs> so I'm imagining that, like, you just I'm just going to loan you out to the XXL team. You play with that one. We still own your rights. We want you to do, and then come on back. Like we don't have a minor league system per se. Just go play some In else. England, you'll see teams loan a player to a team in their league. And you know what the rule is? They can't play what? against the team that loaned them out. Fair. That's fair. So, but you if you have a guy that blows up and starts playing really well, when they play you, uh, he's got to sit his ass on the bench. Oh, no, no, we're not playing you. Wow, fascinating. Okay, but all right. I, I just – we don't ever – just let me ask you this. Do you think in America it would be okay any under under the phrase buying a player? Like I feel like there's – they can say that in Europe. It doesn't quite feel as icky – as it as it does in the USA, buying a player, it has to be a different way of phrasing that, right? It would that, the, the phrasing would have to be a whole lot different in order to pull that off. You, you could you can pull it off, right? Like you you can call the, the you know the uh, what is it the uh, Senior Bowl the Senior Bowl and get away with some of the ickiness. <laughs> That is is associated with it, you know. It's like it's the Senior Bowl, and let's go, you know. And then the same thing for the combine, right? <laughs> you got you've got to find a cool name that everyone's like, ah, that's fun. I can't wait to go. Gonna go to St. Elbows while I'm there. Like it's got to be something like that to take that away. Because it just feels like a headline that would be problematic in 2023 America. Yankees <laughs> by player, like you know. Feel like we we stopped yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, let, let's not get in trouble, catch. I know exactly what you're saying. End it now before this reminder. This video brought to you by RogueShop.com. They helped me get to the place I'm in right now. Promo code Orange Bloods. Texas is home for legal CBD, THC, and so much more. Guys, I haven't asked you in more than an hour. Like this video, subscribe to the channel. Oh, by the way, we do have the free trial going on over at Orange Bloods yeah. right now. Like over 50 people, I think, have already signed up. 
uh, promo code UT Fireworks. Just do that thing where you scan it. On I, I don't know how technology works, but Blake has a thing that if you take your phone and scan that, it'll take you to where you need to get. It's free access all the way into August. You can take a spin on the OrangeBloods.com Express and never spend a dime to check out whether or not it's something that you're into or not. It's like when they you go get like try out a new car and they tell you. Take it home for the weekend. Drive it around. See if you like it. Um, for those of you that have never done that with a car, it's a cool thing to do. Best of luck in the future being able to do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's – I don't know. I just started thinking, do, like, do they let poor people do that? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I've paid off my car. My goal is not to have another car payment anytime yeah, soon. So I, I have mine. You know why? Because I keep trading it in and constantly – going from new to old. Uh Um, Anyway, look, for myself and Anwar Richardson, we will just spout randomness for the rest of the day if somebody doesn't come in and tell us, get off of YouTube. Uh, Guys, we'll see you Wednesday. Uncle will be a Wednesday. Yeah, it'll probably be Wednesday. I'm going to let everybody just have tomorrow off with regards to the modcast. Some people are out of town. Everybody's trying to have a good time tomorrow. Uh, Until next time. Uh, guys, check out the rest of the videos on the channel. We did a lot of instant analysis videos on the recruits from the weekend. Lots of good content that you may not have seen yet. Hopefully that will tide you over. Until then, you guys be good to each other. Be safe out there. Get the food that you want. Blow up some fireworks without blowing up your hand uh, or any other body part. And we will see you guys later. Take care.